Good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. We're in a series called Grow, and we want to grow in all directions, right? <laughs> Not physical growth. I mean, I mean growth in all the areas of our lives. We've been looking at the same verse all the last um, past messages. It's in 2 Corinthians 3. It says, The Lord, the Spirit, makes us more and more like Jesus Christ as we are changed into his glorious image. So the Spirit of the Lord dwells within us and he changes us so that we grow. And to grow means to become more and more like Jesus in all the areas of our lives. Maybe you've been looking at your life during the, the last few weeks when we talked about this series about grow. And you looked at your health, your resources, maybe the way you believe in God. You see, you see this graphic design here in the back. It's, it's Leo's analysis of his life. So where I'm at the 10, where at the 5, I want to expose Leo, not myself. <laughs> no, it's just because we want to pass on very quickly this, this afternoon because we've heard about many areas of our lives. And today we want to go into the area work. How can I... Um, become more and more like Jesus in work, in my work life. I want to take a look at you, at your life, because the, the area of work is one of the biggest areas in our lives. We spend so many hours working. And if you look at the life of a human being, it's shocking that you are asleep about for 24 years. <laughs> if you add all the hours you sleep throughout your life, it's almost a third of your life. For, so for some, some of us, it's even more than a third that we are asleep. We just miss out all a third of our life by sleeping. What a tragedy. Two years of your life, you invest in body care. I don't know what that means to you. You're under the shower. You're, you're uh, putting some uh, cosmetic um, stuff in your face. And what I noticed in my life, the older I get, the more time it needs, you know. There's growing hair at places I, don't want, I couldn't imagine there could be hair. And where I want the hair, it just disappears, you know. And it takes more and more of my time to get dressed and, and look quite fresh. So it's two years of your life that you invest and it's because you love the others, you know, you have to invest it. Five years of your life you spend somewhere at the table eating, and half a year you're in the church for the really good ones around here. For others it's less, and if you see the number, if you add all the hours you work, it's around 10 years. For some of us it's even more. 10 years you spend at your workplace. So it's really important that we all get a perspective about our work life. Because it's so many hours, it's so many months and years we spend working that it's just very important to have a perspective, to know why do I work. Maybe it happened to you as well that you asked yourself, why am I actually doing it? Why do I work? <laughs> why do I even work? You know, Henry in the small group, he was in the small group and the small group leader wanted to lay his hands on him to pray for him. And he stepped back and he said, no, stop praying. I've been um, dispensed from work because I'm sick. Stop praying because I wanna, don't want to go back to work. I can stay away from work for three more weeks. Don't pray for me. <laughs> Maybe it's the same for you. Once you don't have to work, you're really happy. And you imagine yourself lying on a beach somewhere and relaxing. We don't want to work sometimes because work is hard. 
Why do we actually work? To get a perspective on work, we have to think about our lives. Where do we come from? What is our design? If we want to know why we work, we have to know why we are here and what we are here for. We have to get to know our design and for everything that's created, there's a designer. Let's go back to the Genesis and I want to read what God said. He said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So what do we learn here about our design? There's a designer, there's a creator. God is the creator. And he, he decided to create us in his image, in his likeness. So he is the creator and we are created in his image. That means we are creators as well. We are co-creators, we are co-authors of life. What a big honor. God is the creator and it's you, your calling and my calling to be creators as well, as well. We work because God works. So what does it help us? Why do we work? What sense does it make to work? Why did God create human beings? He didn't have to do it, you know. He could do everything on his own. He could be the ruler of the earth himself. I always imagine it must have been so much fun for God to create all the animals. He was so creative and he, he put the ostrich there. You know, did you ever think about an ostrich? It says in Job that the ostrich is so stupid because God didn't add any, any, um, any brain to the ostrich. It says in the Bible, you know, it's the word of God for the ostrich. He is just stupid and uh, he can't help it. That's why he puts his head in the ground. And we, as the co-creators, we can join in the fun of creating, of giving names to the animals. And some stupid guy, he said, ostrich. What a nice name in English, ostrich. Yeah, so. But why did God do it? If we look at the same verse again, and we look at some other words in the same verse, it says, he said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. If we understand that God is not just one, he is Trinity, he's Father, Son, and the Spirit, he is love, he is community. He created out of love. He wanted us to be part of his community. He wanted us human mankind, he wanted us to be part of this beautiful fellowship because he loved us, he created us. So it means we work because we love God. And we also love people. If we pass in the second Moses, what does it, Exodus? No, Genesis, it's Genesis, no, it's Exodus 34. It says, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. The word labor here is the Hebrew word avad. And it's the same word to serve, to work, and to worship. If we work, we worship. We are created to create, and if we work, we are worshippers. What a beautiful perspective. If you work at your workplace, you are actually worshiping God. You are giving praise to God when you are working. And because God created out of love, we are also creations who create out of love. If we work, we love God and we love people. 
A few weeks ago, I got some beautiful wine glasses from a good friend. He, he knows I love wine. And he gave me very expensive glasses, six glasses to just have fun, you know. In the first time I washed them, I just broke the first one. <laughs> because I was so passionate about work, you know, worshiping God, drying my glass. And I was too rough and it broke in my hands. Then I had the idea, maybe the producers, they would... Yeah, show themselves generous if we tell them, you know, it's the first time and we didn't know it's so, yeah, it's so soft. And I asked my wife to call there because it's always better to, to have a woman's voice. And it even worked. They said, you know, we want you to be really uh, happy clients. That's why we will send one more glass just from generosity. And we felt so love, loved. Have you ever felt loved by someone doing his work in a great way? I felt so loved. And if you work out of love because you love God and because you love people, you will be the one who does the best job ever. Because you understand your work is worship, your work is loving God and your work is loving people. And I mean it. If you want quality, work out of love. You know, there's so many people sitting here. Each and every one of us has a different work. We do different things throughout the week. If you see that on the screens, we are teachers. There's home, um, I don't know, housewives, homekeepers. There's people, there's nurses. There's everything. What we do here is so different. And if we work out of worship, if we work to love people, to love God, we can be so thankful this afternoon. And I want you to do something before we watch a, a, a small video of, a, of an expert here out of the church. I want you to turn to some, somebody next to you and ask, what do you work? And you thank this person for what they do because they worship God, they love God and they love you by what they do in their work. So turn around, um, say thank you, ask what they do. Let's have a moment of worship and thankfulness here in this afternoon in the church. Hallo, ich bin Hagi. Ich arbeite seit vielen Jahren im Personalwesen. Wir alle sind in ganz unterschiedlichen Bereichen tätig. Sei es in der Familie, in Beziehungen, im Beruf oder auch in der Kirche. Und wir alle wünschen uns doch, dort aufzublühen, einen Impact zu haben, Dinge verändern zu können. Damit das gelingen kann, müssen wir motiviert sein. Wir müssen möglichst viel Freude haben in unseren Tätigkeiten, um so richtig einen guten Einfluss ausüben zu können. Doch was braucht es, um denn so richtig gut motiviert zu sein? Ich denke, wir können es aufteilen in drei Bereiche. Den Kopf, die Hand und den Bauch. Der Kopf, der steht für die Sinnhaftigkeit. Sehe ich einen Sinn in dem, was ich tue? Verstehe ich, warum ich tue, was ich tue? Und kann ich mich damit identifizieren? Die Hand, die steht für die Fähigkeiten. Tue ich Dinge, die ich gut kann? Kann ich meine Talente? meine Begabungen einsetzen. Und der Bauch, der steht für den Spaß. 
Bewege ich mich in einem Arbeitsumfeld, das mir Freude bereitet? Kann ich mit Personen arbeiten, mit denen ich gerne zusammenarbeite? Ganz oft können wir nicht in einem Arbeitsumfeld sein, wo all diese drei Punkte zu 100% erfüllt sind. Und oftmals können wir diese auch nicht alle beeinflussen. Ich denke, es ist deshalb wichtig, dass wir uns so gut wie es geht, unabhängig von äußeren Umständen machen, um möglichst motiviert in allen Situationen agieren zu können. Was kann das bedeuten? Für den Kopf kann das sein, dass wir für Gott arbeiten und nicht für Geld oder einen Vorgesetzten oder eine nächste Funktion. Ich bete jeden Morgen, dass Gott mir hilft, für ihn zu arbeiten und für nichts anderes. Und dass es mich dazu dadurch unabhängig macht davon, wie meine Umstände sind und ich immer einen Sinn in meinen Tätigkeiten sehe. Bei den Fähigkeiten, denke ich, brauchen wir die Unterstützung vom Heiligen Geist. Egal, ob wir überfordert oder unterfordert sind. Wir benötigen ihn, damit er uns dort unterstützt. Ich versuche in meinem Arbeitsalltag immer wieder so Momente einzubauen, wo ich innehalte, um dem Heiligen Geist zu sagen, dass ich ihn brauche und er mich unterstützen muss. Ja, und beim Bauch, beim Spaß. Ich bin überzeugt, dass wenn wir immer mehr versuchen, unsere Mitmenschen, unser Umfeld durch die Augen von Jesus zu sehen, dass uns das enorm positiv beeinflusst, dass uns viel Freude bereitet, ganz unabhängig mit wem, dass wir es zu tun haben. Und wenn wir es so schaffen, diese drei Bereiche unabhängig von den Umständen zu gestalten und immer auf Jesus, auf Gott und den Heiligen Geist ausgerichtet zu sein, dann bin ich überzeugt, haben wir immer die Möglichkeit zu wachsen und einen positiven Einfluss auf unser Umfeld zu haben. Und genau das wünsche ich dir. Yeah, Hoggy is one of our, um, yeah, of our team who creates all the musicals and he is a great guy working in HR and um, putting so many resources into the church. I want to pass on to a passage of the message where we look at the areas in life where we can do work. It's not just the workplace, which is meant by this sign. It's also in the church that we work. It's in society, maybe politics and whatever, the workplace. At home, home is a lot of work, if you agree. Washing dishes, taking care of the glass. Um, arts, your hobbies, it's so many areas where we can be creative. And if we look back in history, there was sometime in the Middle Age, in the medieval times, there was an area where there was triumphalism. The church said, we are the most important ones. Everything else in society has to step back behind the church. The church is first and uh, everything else has to bow down. Politics, economy, everything is later on. That's how they built the churches, if you look at the churches from back then. Then there was a time where people said, no, my faith with God has to go back in a quiet place. You know, people went in, in small places, they lived by themselves, only me and Jesus. We don't go to the army, we don't vote in politics, we don't have any hobbies, it's just me and Jesus. And if you look at that, the Christian mindset has changed a lot throughout the years. And we believe, and I believe that Jesus sets us free to work in all the areas where we can be creative. It's in the church, in, in society, in the workplace, at home, in arts, in our hobbies. We are creators 
to create. And it's not more important to work in the church than to work in the workplace. That's why we need a perspective for our workplace time. It's so much time we spent there. We need a perspective because all the work we do is equal. It's not just one thing is more spiritual than the other one. We are created in his image to be co-creators, to be co-authors, whatever we do, even if it's painting and working and house and keeping and dishing, whatever. It's work and it's all equal. Another misconception we have is that I need to earn money, that's why I work. What a poor perspective in work. Many of us, we say, I work to get money, so when I have the money, I can spend some time in the church, I can take care of my family. Money is what drives me working. I know and understand we all need money to get some food, otherwise we will starve. <laughs> we need money, of course. But it cannot be the one reason, it cannot be our perspective to go to work. It's just too poor because we will have always have too little. It's for God. And the Bible says, seek God, King, God's kingdom first, and he will give you everything that you need in order to survive, in order to live. You are created to create and be, be a courageous in your decisions. You know, there was a study in the USA in 2013, the Barnes studies, and they said, they found out in the Christian community, one-third of all people, they have a perspective and they feel called in what they work. And the other two-thirds, they don't feel called, but they spend hours, months, and years every day of their life without a perspective, without feeling called just to earn money. How sad is that? That makes me depressive, you know? If we miss out our calling, if we miss out our perspective of what we do, I think we should be the best ones in whatever we do. It's not about the money. It's about the perspective that God is the one who takes care for my life. If you don't have the right perspective, try to find it for your work. And you, if you have the perspective, but your work is the wrong one, change work. Be courageous. Sometimes we have to step up and reposition ourselves and say, God, I am called for something else. Give me a place where I can live out my um, gifts and whatever you gave me. Be courageous. Don't work for the money because it's not what we're here for. Another misconception is that we work for our reputation. A few weeks ago, or just one week ago, I was in a seminar um, with people from all business in Switzerland. There were bankers and, and HR people. It was about leadership. It was about leading people, leading organizations. And the first minutes were just to get to know each other. And the people just talked about their CV, what they do in leadership. And I was just getting smaller and smaller inside of me as I heard the banker call, what he'd done in his life. I saw the IBM guys, the HR people, and I thought, oh, don't go last. It's not good to be the last one. So I stepped forward and inside I was so small and outside I put myself as big as I can. You know, I'm a pastor in a Freikirche in ICF Zurich and I presented myself, but I felt so small <laughs> in my inner being. And I realized identity is a big subject in work. 
because we work so much, we give so much of our heart into work, we spend so many hours in work that identity is so close to what we do. And you know, I don't have the same problem walking around here in ICF. If I walk around here in ICF, I'm on the other side, you know, reputation, you know. I'm an executive pastor here in ICF, you know. I'm just right behind Leo and I've, yeah, just almost from the beginning and ICF is uh, what ICF is because of me, you know. It's my reputation, as you see. It depends where we are. And identity is, is really close to the things we do and it's a big subject. Have you... Yeah, experienced the question that people ask in parties oh, most of the time, the first thing people ask is, what do you work? And then there's a film inside of you and it depends where you are. You go for the pride or you go for um, depression. <laughs> you know, for people who work at home, housewives, Today, they always look for how they explain it, that, that they just only look after children. How stupid is that? How big job they do, you know? Let's give a big hand of applause for those people who take care for the next generation. Don't feel too small. Be proud of what you do. It's, about, it's not about reputation. It's not about what people want to hear. It's about who you are. You know, identity is not depending on what you do, but you express your identity, identity in what you do. Work is an expression of your identity, of who you are. You are a son and a daughter of God, and you work because you are created to work. And this is so healthy if we think that way. In Ephesians, it says the following words. Obey them, and it's talking about the boss. Obey the boss not only to win their favor when their eye is on you. <laughs> have, you have you realized that you work differently when the boss is around you? Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. And in other translations, it actually really says you are not serving people, you are serving God. It doesn't matter about the reputation, what people think about you. We work for God. We worship Him. We love Him and we love people by doing our work. I want to give you three questions that help to position ourselves. Ask yourself, what am I passionate about? What is the passion that God put inside of me? And maybe sometimes you have to reorder your life. You have to take decisions because we all need money. You have to go work, but maybe your passion is in arts or maybe your passion is, is uh, at home with the children or your passion is in church. Whatever your passion is, try to organize your life so you can live out your passion and grow. Second question, what gifts has God given me? Or the third question, where do I have the greatest opportunity to love people? We put that aside so often, but we're created to love God and to love people. And whenever we have this perspective, we will work with big quality. For example, an IT guy, he's the best IT guy if he thinks about the people who will use his app. You have to think that way. If you don't love people, you're just not such a good IT guy. You can sit behind your computer and, and program anything, but nobody will use it because it's not made by love and it doesn't serve people. 
And whatever we do, let's be the best ones. What kind of a message has the church for you in the workplace? Be the best one. Worship God in the best possible way. Be the best one in baking bread. Be the best one in creating shoes because God loves shoes. Not because of the shoes, but everybody needs shoes. You better have good shoes. Be the best shoemaker. Do you understand that? It's not just coming to church and serving in a church and the rest of the days during the week, we don't care. The message of us Christians should be, be the best ones. Worship God with the best you have. I want to go into another perspective. Sometimes we in church, we think work is because we are cursed. And we don't go all the way back in Genesis. Of course, in Genesis, God said, you will have to work hard and have, you will sweat. I don't say, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. That's what it says there. But before that, we already were created to be co-creators. Work is not a curse, even sometimes it feels that way. You know, last week we had a, a funny uh, WhatsApp chat. I don't know if it's here in English as well. Yeah, I don't think, oh yeah, it's translated. What, what a great team we have. It's all translated. Give a hand for the excellent translation team. They work so well and worship God and serve people. Nick wrote, because he left um, our, we are three guys who run the church for the last two years, and Nick left. So this week he left. He said, guys, it was an honor for me to rock the triangle with you. Rock on, guys, and let's keep in touch. And I said, okay, whoops, and he's gone. <laughs> it has become concrete. And then the next one, Simon answered by changing the name of our chat into the leftovers. <laughs> That's how we felt, you know. Now he left us. We, we're not just a triangle. We're just two of us. There's not even one corner left. We're the leftovers. And sometimes work feels that way, that we feel it, it's hard to go to work. Things change. People are difficult at work. Whatever there is, don't feel like it's a curse. It's not a curse to work. It's a blessing to work. So invite the Holy Spirit to give you new perspectives, how we can worship him, how we can serve people. And I want to tell you another story from our church. There's a farmer called Daniel here in our church. And he had a problem. And one of his fields, he put some carrots and then he realized it's too humid to take the carrots out. All the machines couldn't take the carrots out. That's why he posted on Facebook and he announced, come and get the carrots. Let's see the clip, how he invites people to come and get it. Der Tag, wir sind hier in Oberglatt, hinter der Kleinerhalle. Wir haben hier ein Feld, das wir nicht mehr ernten können. Und die Rüebli sind noch gross und schön. Die können ihr holen, die, die wollen, können die gleich ausstechen. Wir haben hier ganze Haufen. So, Rüebli, die top grosse, sind alles biologisch. Ähm, die Wände können gratis da holen, können die Tante und Onkel noch mitnehmen oder dann können sie verkaufen. Wir können es leider nicht mehr ernten. Ähm, da hinten ist gerade Klier in die Halle, ich könnte da parkieren und da rausgerät, ganz selbstständig. Äh, sind gratis haben, kostet nichts, so viel holen, wie ihr wollt. Get as many as you want. <lacht> He, as a farmer, he had a problem, and we, we face problems all the time, but he was walking around this acre, and he prayed, 
And God gave him this idea. I called him this week. He explained him. He explained me. He walks around all his fields all the time with his friend in the morning. And then he had yes, this idea. And God turned a minus into a plus. All the people around in his area, they know him now. Because they came there with cars. They, everything was dirty. They took out 30 tons of carrots for free. And people started to sell them and get money out of it. Others made parties. And it was a big, big blessing. That's what we mean if we say we are created to co-create, to love God and worship Him and to love people. People felt so loved by what he did, and it was a problem first, and it became a blessing for him and all the others. That's what God meant. So, lay it down. If it feels like a curse, you're not cursed to work. You are, have, or can be filled with the Holy Spirit to work and to worship and to serve people and love people by what you do. I want to give you the last perspective before we close, I want to read in 1 Peter. Peter says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Peter just goes on where creation stopped. We are a generation of priests, men and women. We are not just priests in the church. We are priests in the workplace, wherever we are, by whatever we do. Take this perspective throughout the week in whatever you do. You are a priest at your workplace. Love God and love people. A priest connects God and the people. That's what you do. And how can I do it? I heard about the women in our church. She had um, just right in front of her a woman every day at the desk. And she didn't even look at her. And she started to bless her in the prayers every morning. And the, the woman wouldn't even look at her. And throughout the months, she started to look at her, then talk to her. And now they have a great relationship. It's because she felt and took the perspective of the priests and she blessed people. Another guy in my small group, he's a banker. And he uh, is running a big, big um, uh, team. And when he took his team together, about 200, 300 people, he taught them about values and how he wants to work in his, in his, um, in his team. And he took out the five franc coin and he showed it to people. And on the five franc coin, it says, Dominus Providebit in Latin. It means the Lord will provide. And he made a teaching just like a pastor to his team. And he preached to them. He said, in our team, we are working in a bank, but it's not the money that runs it here. It's the Lord. It's God. God will provide. And he was, so, um, he was so courageous to step out. And people started to come to him and he started to pray for people. He um, could give Bibles away and people look at him like a priest in his team. Because he's, he has the perspective of being a priest. I want you to take this with you. Worship God, love God, love people, be a priest. You know, it's so important that we have this perspective because one day it's, it will be all be done. God will be finished with this earth and there will be a new earth. And what we read in 1 Corinthians, it says, On the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. So the fire stands for judgment. Don't be afraid. 
if you work out of love, it will remain what you've worked for. Love is the value that always stays. So if we work to love God, if we work to love people, our work will remain. And it's not about the work. You can't bring your shoes or your carrots or your IT app or whatever you did. Even if you did it with excellence, you cannot bring it to heaven and say, God, look at me, I worshiped you. It will be about people. In the end, everything goes back in the box, but what we will bring to heaven is people. That's why we need this perspective of loving God, loving people, and being priests at where we are. Maybe you're disappointed in church. Show me your church. Show me your church where you work, the people around you. Are you their priests? Are you doing your job there? Sometimes we think about church just on Sunday, but start thinking about church where you work. Be a priest to people around you. Billy Graham, the big evangelist, he said, I believe the next revival will be in the workplace. Let's be worshipers in the workplace. I want to pray in two parts this afternoon. The first part, just I want to pray with you. And let's bring lies that we believed to the cross of Jesus because he always changes lies into truth. And we need truth to give us a, a right perspective in our workplace. So let's bow down. You can stay seated and bow down and close your eyes. And maybe you've not even given your life to Jesus, then I want to invite you to do that this afternoon because he is the one who can bring you out from darkness into the light. He can give you a new perspective for all the areas of your life. Jesus, I want to expect accept you in my life. Come into my life. I need perspective for my workplace. I need perspective for all my life. And I invite you to come in. I invite you to come in and give life to the places in my heart where it's dark and there's no more life. I invite you to come in there. And Jesus, this afternoon, I want to bring you lies that I believed about my work. Maybe it's that you feel cursed, that you feel such a heavy burden because of the work you do. And Jesus, I give you this burden because you said, come to me all who are burdened.